Welcome to the latest uh, Forever Blue podcast, uh, which is brought to you from the Holiday Inn at Central Park, which we thank them for, for being our hosts here. And uh, we haven't got a sponsor now, so unfortunately the, the company that was sponsoring us have uh, had some financial difficulties, uh, so they've, uh, they've had to pull out. So we're all here for free tonight, we're all doing it just for the fun of it, which uh, I know a lot of other people who do podcasts do that all the time. If you want to support us, if you want this to, to carry on and you are a potential sponsor, then uh, contact me. Um, and there's various ways you can do that through Twitter or through uh, Facebook or anything like that. So if you're interested in getting involved in this podcast and supporting us, uh, that, that, that would be very much appreciated. I'm Ian Cheeseman. I've been a City fan um, all my life and that means well over 2,000 matches attended now. Uh, and, of course, a whole lifetime, really, have been obsessed with City, as well as working for the BBC, XS Manchester and different organisations, writing for the Evening News, uh, columns and stuff. Uh, these days, doing this podcast as well as the vlog that I do. And I have the three young men here with me today who are my guests. They are... Uh, hello, I'm Matty Dove, the under-25 tw- uh, under fan rep for City Matters. If you don't know it, have a look at it. Um, and like Ian, lifelong City fan. Yeah, uh, I'm Adam Waring, I'm a lifelong City fan as well. Um, a lot under 2,000 games, although I'm hoping to get there eventually. You will, um, you will. Yeah, <laughs> well, fingers crossed, yeah, if I make it that far. Uh, and I'm Arlen, uh, a lifelong City fan too, so there's three lifelong City fans here, just on this <laughs> panel, uh, Ian as well. Um, and yeah, this is my, uh, this is my fifth cap. Uh, this week, oh, I think it's my sixth cap actually, and so uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to performing well this evening. All right, well, we'll look, we're going to talk about a few things. One of the subjects I want to bring up um, is television coverage and television commentators because I've had a lot of reaction since the weekend when City played at Newport uh, to the coverage. Now, I was at the game, so I can't really comment on it, but before we do that, the game itself down at Newport. Some people thought, and, and I've seen TV pictures, although I was there at the time, and it did look on TV a bit of a cabbage patch. And obviously I watched the game against Middlesbrough uh, on TV in the build-up because we knew City were going to play one of them, uh, and it definitely looked like a cabbage patch that night. But when I got there, I can't deny that the first thing I did was look at the pitch and I actually thought, it looked as bad as I thought it would be. Um, when the game was, was moving around, you could tell occasionally the ball would bobble a little. But I would say on the whole, it played pretty well. Um, and obviously, City made quite hard work of it, really. So I suppose there's a whole raft of things we can talk about. What about, to begin with, team selection? Because I was expecting, after attending the Pep Guardiola press conference on the Friday, I was actually expecting a full-strength eleven. Now, when I, I don't mean that disrespectfully to the ones who played, but clearly they weren't the full strength eleven. Although that might be something again that you mm. want to discuss, but yeah. it felt to me as if that was still a little bit of a of a second choice. Not entirely. It was a very strong team, um, but what did you think of the team selection and and take that conversation wherever you I want? I think the the one surprise for me was Fernandinho. I, I thought say that, yeah. I thought he would have been replaced by Gundogan for the. I didn't have any complaints over the team, to be honest. I think I expected Mahrez to come in. Um, Jesus was obviously going to replace Aguero. I couldn't see him starting that. But it was a strong strong enough team. You'd expect it to still go out there and win the game. And I think he learnt a bit from Wigan where we didn't really take that as seriously as we could have. And we went out and maybe he's learnt from his mistakes then. Yeah, when I looked at the team on paper, I think Zinchenko had a good game against Chelsea. He deserved to play and... 
there wasn't anyone in that team that I didn't think deserved to start and especially maybe you could have seen a couple more youngsters but Foden earned his right to play in that game I think but I didn't have any complaints to know about you two. It seems now that we just haven't really got a second choice side. You could think quite a few years ago when you could clearly see the difference between our cup side and our league side. And although Pep does take the cups more seriously than our previous managers have, looking at our squad, you can't really pick a second choice team because we we swap and change it in the Premier League anyway. So it's more like a, a complete... A team basically just just twice the size of it. So when you look at it and you think that's not weak, that but you think actually how could we have weakened it? We, yeah. There's not really many unless you're gonna you know really look into look into the youth team. You're not really seeing a, a, a straight out eleven that's much weaker than the eleven that you play on the weekend in a Premier League match. To me, I was confused as to why we're not playing Muric in uh, in the cups as much uh, as I would like to have done. And I'm sure he'll be quite disappointed as well because he was dragged back from his loan. Because he, you know, he was going to. I can't know where he was going, but obviously he was. He would be happy to play some complete league football, playing all the time, every game of the season. We've dragged him back, so you'd at least expect him to play in the cup games, particularly, you know, away at Newport. Now that disappointed me a little bit, and I hope that um, Muric gets to play in the cup final uh, at the weekend. We'll see. Yeah, that that would be good for Muric. I agree with you there, Adam, hundred percent. Like. For example, what you what you're basically trying to say is if Bravo was fit, Bravo would probably be playing uh, in, yeah, the, in the in the yeah. cup this season. So obviously, maybe it might be down to the fact that Pep maybe doesn't quite have that that trust in him at the last stages of of competition football, which which we are in the last stages of the FA Cup now um, and the League Cup. Uh, maybe he just doesn't trust him to be able to. It's not trust him, but maybe he just believes that with 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 not rotating the back line too much. That they might not trust Murich as much as they trust Edison, yeah. and that he really, ideally, like Ian said last week, um, that the defensive side, well, the defense, the, the back four, back three, goalkeeper, that very, very rarely changes for us now. So that's the the most organised part of the squad. I think you said on last week's podcast, Ian. So he, he really doesn't want to mess around with that too much in case Murich is in there, and it it, it gives you know it, it the confidence levels of of the centre halves, um, you know, falter because of that. <clears throat> but with regards to um, team selection. Uh, he knew that it was going to be um, a physical game of football, Pep. He knew that Newport were going to play their way. He actually praised Newport prior to the match. <coughs> and said that uh, they're better at us, uh, they're better than us at certain things. And what he meant by that is not they're a better footballing side, but the more physical side, the more nitty gritty. Um, you know, the more the more kind of the, 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 the digging in, if you want to call it that, on a on a on a League Two pitch, they're they better at us than that. Uh, better than us at that, shall I say? And I just personally believe that um, he he tried to mix the team up. Um, you know, Mares Mares started the game. Um, who I thought was outstanding throughout. Um, you know, Fordham was in there uh, doing the creative job that um, that David Silver uh, would ordinarily do. And I think that by by mixing the side, he kind of allowed us to to experiment a bit. And um, and he was he was he was confident in the fact that when when Newport did get physical, that we had enough players on there with enough quality to bypass that. Um, although in the first half it was 0-0 I always knew in the second half that that creativeness uh, and that superior uh, side of us would come out and we'd win the game comfortably in the end It's worth saying of course that not that anybody listening to this doesn't already know this that City uh, won won comfortably and scored four goals in the game however uh, I, I can't deny that at half time there were people tweeting me very disappointed with the performance um, you, you the Harlan have said that you thought um, Riyad Mahrez played well. What was the word you used? <clears throat> I thought it was. I thought it was outstanding throughout. Outstanding. So you, you're saying I he was outstanding. Um, well, that, that that's a subject yeah. you see that we need to explore a bit more because there's definitely a conflict of opinions on that. Yeah. Um, 
And the other thing, of course, is is young Phil Foden, who the the supporters completely idolise and love. Um, and I get that because he's uh, you know he's a Stockport lad, he's a City fan, he's been there all his life and all the rest of it, and we all want him to do well. Um, but I must admit, um, yeah, poor game. until the Bad two goals chances. went in the back of the net, average I, on it. He wasn't even in the game, like he didn't see. No, no, I'm, I see. I've not put words into your mouth though, but, it, but that's, it's what I, that's what we said. When I was watching it. I wasn't there, but you know, from the telly, I, I barely even noticed him. Thinking, is he even playing? And then obviously those two chances he puts him away really well, and of course, then, then it's, it's one of his best performances in the city shirt. But yeah, I wasn't impressed with Foden that much really. I, I just thought he wasn't really there. See, <laughs> I had an interesting debate with uh, I won't name who it was, but somebody that uh, I respect on the way home from the game. Um, who said to me, undoubtedly, Foden was man of the match, um, so head and shoulders above everybody else. And I said, if you if he hadn't scored those two goals, which I both thought were goalkeeping errors, yeah. really, uh, would you have still said the same? And that person said, yes, absolutely. I believe he was a, he had a great <laughs> performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Mike Flynn, the uh, the Newport manager. Um, described him very, you know, wax lyrical about his movement and all the rest of it. And I thought, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm out of step. I texted my son and said, how did you think, who was your star man? I didn't want to lead him. And he he texted me back and said, you know, I wasn't impressed with Mares and wasn't impressed with Foden. Now, those were the two that he picked out. So... Harlan's giving me the, the glare now. And I don't want anybody to think, by the way, that I'm, I'm having a go. Yeah, that's here. fine. Yeah, this is what just, debate yeah. and, and, and... I think I think it goes back into what, what, what you're looking for in a player. Like, for example, I'm looking for improvement and I'm looking from... I'm, I'm looking from a different perspective, so to speak. I'm looking for Myers to take the world, to set the world alight now with him not playing every week. I'm just looking to see that when he gets given that opportunity, that he's still trying, that he's chancing his arm, he's trying things. You know, he's looking like he's trying to affect the game. And personally, I'm just looking for Myers to, to get on the pitch and, um, you know, kind of just show glimpses of what he can do. And I personally believe that he's Is not that having... enough, though? No, it's not enough it, It's me. not, That's it's not. But when you're not playing every week... Uh, when you're not playing every week and you you know you're playing with and you're training with players that you know at this moment in time aren't going to be dropped because they're performing at optimum levels, you've got to just do what you can do when you get on the pitch. That's what Pep that, said, isn't yeah. it? I mean, he yeah. used that as a defence. He said that it was his fault that Pep he had a reason. At first, it sounded like he was going to have a bit of a go, and then he, yeah. he backtracked and said, "It's my decision." And Mares isn't playing enough games, and if he had six games, which is effectively what you're saying, yeah. that we'd see the best of him. So, Adam, yeah, he, I, I agree that you know if he was to have a long run uh, in the team, like he obviously did at Leicester, then he's going to be feel more comfortable. He's not going to feel so much pressure on him because every time he gets the ball, everyone's looking at him to do something. So it's like, well, you've not played for ages. You've now come on. Everyone's excited. You've got that price tag. It will weigh down on you. Um, you know, record signing. So there's pressure on him certainly, and, and that that you know will get to players. You know, you know the humans, aren't they? Of so they are, yeah. Um, I just yeah, I, I I just feel like he's he's missing the, the opportunities. Like he, he's cutting in, and then those opportunities where you think, wow, that's a that's a Maris chance. That he's, he's cutting. Yeah, he's hitting it with his left foot. He's bending it into the uh, into the left corner, and it always seems to go past the post. It's always over. He never, he's just it's never quite there for me. 
He's, he's I feel like that, that's part of his problem is the fact that he's not getting a long run of games in the team is meaning he has to try and do more when he's on the pitch. That's what that's I feel like he's yeah. not. He's a bit too greedy sometimes on the ball because he's trying to create something to sort of catch Pep's eye and make him see that he's worthwhile being in the team. Yeah. And I think you're right. Sometimes I look at him and I think he's a bit of a one-trick pony. But so's Robin. But because yeah. he's that good, he has the quality to put it in the top corner, and no one's complaining that, that he's having a shot. On that point, Matty, I think I think what you're trying to say is, in a way, from what I can get from what you're saying, is that Mares is always going to be playing catch up at the moment. So when he has a good game, or he has a decent game, Sterling's having a decent game, or yeah. or Sane's having a decent game. So as Sane performs well, Mares might perform well as well. But it's not he's not going to get in the team until one of them has a terrible run, and then Pep thinks, oh, I saw that in. I saw that in that game or I saw that in that game and I know he can affect that over him because he had a poor game when I asked him to do that last time. I think until somebody has a terrible run now, Mares will remain where he is. I don't think right he now. played any worse than anyone else. So Sane, I think, had a poor game by his standards. Jesus was a bit quiet in the game. Yeah. So I think it is a bit harsh to just put Simply a lot of the onus yeah, on yeah, Mares. So. But I think the problem with him is there's already a lot of question marks over him, whereas everyone no doubtedly loves Sani and thinks he can be a great player. Same with Jesus, he's been on a good run of form. Whereas Mahrez, we haven't seen that. But I saw a stat that he'd scored 10 goals and got 10 assists already this season, which doesn't tell the full story. Nah, because don't tell the, the, story. Game, the games he's the game is, done yeah. them in. Yeah. But I think sometimes we can be a little bit harsh on him because I can see that he has the technical ability and the quality, but he's just not really fitting into the way of Pep's philosophy. Do you think it's a conflict then? Do you think it's a conflict in Mahrez's mind from, from from playing a completely, I, I won't say polar opposite, but that, that, that it, well, I wouldn't call it long ball football, it was a more direct approach, it was Ranieri's counter-attacking yeah. direct approach, and he was always looking to feed Vardy, whether it was over the yeah. top, in behind, uh, whipping balls in, you know, and he, he, you know, the Leicester players knew, it was like, like you say about a Mahrez chance, the Leicester players knew how to move to create a Mahrez chance, so they were they were catering for Mahrez's And he needs. was the main man. It was all yeah. the ball. Our, our style and our system and the way Pep settles up. Don't forget, we had a season playing absolutely outstanding football last year. Mahrez has come from although his head might have been at City from January last season, he's come from playing that style, and it might be a conflict where he knows how Pep wants him to play, but you know when human beings have learned something, when human human beings have learned something for a few years and. And they're trying to adapt to a new way. He might just need, he might just need a run to be able to get the Leicester way of playing out of his system and then fully adopt Pep's way of playing. Pep said it himself, hasn't he? We're defending large spaces and attacking small spaces, which is the opposite to most teams. Most teams will defend in small spaces because they'll be against, they'll be against the, uh, the, the possession and they'll attack in those, those big spaces. And Mares really comes to the fore when he's attacking those big spaces. He's running into it, running at a defender at pace. Whereas... He's not really getting the chance to run at defenders at pace because we play with the football on the halfway line and we're tapping it around one touch, one touch, two touch football, trying to make it as fast as possible. But you've got the, you've got the opportunity to make a, a ten yard bursting run unless you're on the counter attack, and we don't really counter attack that much. Do you think much. he's playing enough to adapt to the system? No, I don't. No, yeah, that's that, what I'm basically yeah. saying. Yeah, I don't yeah. think he's played enough to <laughs> adapt. Bernardo Silva, you look to him, you know. And Leroy Sane as well. First half season, pretty average at the club. Bernardo was in Mahrez's position. Yeah. This uh, start of last season. Yeah. And then when, when Pep saw him perform um, at a very, very good level, I can't remember which game it was, but he had an outstanding game on the right-hand side. And I came away from the game, I think I said it on the vloggy, and I said it to Jess on the way home, I couldn't stop talking about him. I said, he needs to be moved into the middle of the park. Because what he did out wide in today's game, in the middle of the park, it would have been, it would be so beneficial against sides in the Premier League. I could, I could, I, it was like I was watching David Silver twice 
it, it was like in the same game. You could see that the potential that he had to to just adapt to that central position was there, and it's just you know it just shows you sometimes that when you're given that run, which Bernardo earned, once Mares earns that run and somebody has a bad run of form and he gets the opportunity, it's then about him coping with the pressure to then keep up that level of performance and you know maintain his place and retain it. At the moment, um, I'm I'm quite down on on Mares in my mind. I can't deny that. And the trouble is, anybody listening to this um, who is a City fan, who is one of those people who believes that you should always support a player rather than knock a player, um, will now be perhaps a little upset at what I'm going to say. But I actually thought um, that. I think that Mares, you used the expression a little bit before about him being a one-trick pony. That you know, and and the Robin comparison is actually a very good one, uh, because Robin, you could argue, appears to be a one-trick pony as well, and especially because he's left-footed, uh, you know, and he's not massively paced and all the rest of it. But the thing that that I always that I look at the ball being played to Mares. And this is my analysis. His, his his control is usually sublime. When he kills the ball, brings it under control, mm, yeah. it is absolute perfection. Shot the goal, yeah. But then, you, what does he do then? then he, does a, he does a step over. He do, he shimmies to, as if he's going to go to the right to try and fool us into thinking he's going to go yeah. for the right. But we all know he's going to turn onto that, his yeah. left. And there's, there's no that as well, and yeah. everybody knows that. Yeah. And then from that position, oh, schoolboy era, schoolboy era with his phone going on. Get out, schoolboy you know, to finish that point, he then cut, he then opens his body up, usually 10 yards inside the opposition half, and either looks for an in step, in swinging ball that aims for the penalty spot. A square ball, yeah. or, or or a shot if he's yeah. near a goal yeah, yeah. that goes as you and it's always for the as the goal as you're looking at the opposition goal it's the top left hand top corner. Yeah. Yeah. Top left, yeah. So to me, that that's far too predictable. Yeah. Now can you know? I mean, my fear at the moment is, and I'm I'm, I'm scared to say it, but my fear is that he's a, the new Wilfred Borney. Yeah, that, that he's just an absolute. And he's great at a team that plays for Big him and around pop. him. Yeah. yeah, because he played great for Swansea because he was the man that everyone was giving the ball to. He was the main man as we had Myers was at Leicester. So Can does, does Mares end up going back to Leicester? Here's a question for you: It goes back to Leicester. Chilwell coming the other way because City have shown yeah. interest in him. Bit of a fullback sort of um, uh, yeah. solver, if you oh. like. You know, it, it, somebody said to me at the game, who was obviously on the same sort of wavelength, said, um, I can see the deal being done with Leicester where we we get cash and Chilwell yeah. for Mares. And I'm yeah. thinking at the moment, I'm thinking it'll be Mares plus cash for Chilwell yeah. if it's going to be that way yeah. around. Mm. Mm. I'll take it. At the minute I would, because I don't feel like Mares has had an impact on the Premier League season. That's what I look for. I look for Premier League yeah. is, is my, you know... You talk about the Champions League or you want a pay my season ticket to go watch us 30 or, well, 18 games a season, whatever it is. Um, and I just feel like that is the priority. And I've looked look at yeah, him. For me, the, chance, the, chan- the, the chances that he's had. And I know he's not played as many minutes as you'd like to and done, but looking at the Premier League and not the League Cup games, FA Cup games against lower opposition, which I'd have had a few goals in. 
Uh, well, maybe not. Not Yeah, but when I look at the Premier League, he's not been good enough. And for me, £60 million, he's not justified it. And for me, we do need full-backs. So if it means that he needs to be used... The we need full-backs again. And we do it. We it's always need full-backs. Yeah. It's silly, isn't it? Walker's no. not good enough for me. No. no Walker's not good enough for me. And we need another left-back. And we also... Well, we need two left-backs because Mendy's always injured as well. Do you think it would benefit Mares? And I'm, I'm trying to back his corner a little bit here if De Bruyne was in the team. Because I noticed when Bernardo's oh, on the bond. right... Bernardo, oh. when he's on the right, he can use De Bruyne. And that link-up is brilliant because he can either cutting on his left and curl it in or he can just give it to De Bruyne to whip it on his right so there's sort of an extra element there for them to use whereas when it's Mares and perhaps Foden or Silva because he plays in the games where De Bruyne doesn't usually play he's not getting that link up so he kind of feels like he has to do a lot on his own and obviously he's not got a full back who's going to come past him and give us another attacking element so maybe he does feel like he has to do a little bit on his own. I'm, I'm only adding something to the yeah, conversation. I, 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 I'm not I saying... Agree with that. Is it down to the full-backs yeah, full as well? You know, Walker, you know, if, if Vazzy's got to come in, then Walker should be going and overlapping. And you can never so, imagine, you know, if, if he's playing in the same team as Walker as well, um, you can, you know, and Walker does push on and gets himself caught out of position, you, you'd, you'd fancy Bernardo Silva, if he was playing out on the right, to cover yeah, him more yeah, than that. you would Mahrez. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Can you, can you imagine Riyad Mahrez sprinting 30, 40 yards to try and save a counter-attack? Or stop a counter-attack? Not at the moment. But if Walker gets himself caught in no man's land. It, yeah. it's, it's, Is it fair to say, in conclusion, for this conversation anyway, yeah. this part of it, that Mar- the jury's still out on Mahrez? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've not made like, a certain decision. I'm not going, sell him now, sell him now. I'm just saying, he needs to play more games. From what I've seen so far, he's not been good enough. So, as it stands now, I would be selling him. I would sell him in the summer. Like the, Gund- the, Gund- the Gundogan chat that we had last week, and obviously that's a different kettle of fish alto- you know, altogether. We, we had a really good discussion about that last week. I listened back to it. I thought that it was a really good discussion. Um, and I thought the points that we all made were, were really valid. But when I said my point about Gundogan last week, that when people have made a judgment on a player sometimes and it's a conclusive judgment that you'll never change their mind, you know, S sticks and you'll never be able to get rid of that. I think the if you were to split the fan base in half now or you to split into percentages, there's more out on Mahrez than there is in. And that probably won't change. It'll just be that you might change 5%, 10% if he has a good, a good run in the team. Other than that, I think that... You know, he's finished in certain people's minds already. Right. And, people and people are going to be more unforgiving of Mahrez having a bad game than Foden. Obviously well, Foden's that's interesting. Because we're coming on to, what I want to do is now go on to Foden a bit. So you've introduced that subject. Here's the other side of that coin. So uh, Mahrez comes in, £60 million, comes from Leicester. Um, we know that he'd gone on strike when the move didn't happen for a little while. So the, uh, there is a, a so he's an outsider yeah. to the group, and he's got a different perception among City fans. So Foden on the other side, because I, I I was tempted to ask you the question when you were talking about Mares, would you feel differently about Mares because you said he wasn't worth sixty million if he hadn't cost anything and he'd come through the youth team and he was playing like he is. And this so, is yeah. this is the trick you see. So Foden. We know how old he is. We know he's come through the youth team. So do we judge him in a completely different yeah. it's way? A yeah. It's a romance. It's a romantic. It's a romantic uh, thing, isn't it, between the fans and Foden? You, you, if, if you don't like Foden, if you don't like his way of playing, for example, then you're in the, a minority. Then, then, then you're wrong because, <laughs> because, because because he's come through the youth system and Pep loves him, and you, you can't not like Phil Foden. I personally like him. 
but I know some people that might, that might not think that he's, he's he's there yet, or that he might never get to the level that he needs to be at. But it, it, it's a it's a great argument, and I, I completely agree with you. His age as well, not just the fact that he's come through the youth system; it's the fact that he's so young, so he's gonna have that patience. Whereas you know, Mares, I'm not sure how old he is. He's currently coming to this. Supposed yeah, to be in his prime, yeah. isn't he? You know, yeah. he's, he's supposed to be in his prime now. Whereas you look at Foden, and you think, yeah, you can see glimpses of what he could become in the next five, six, seven years exactly. when he gets to the Mahrez age that, that he is now. So I think not only the youth, the, the whole youth system thing, but also the age. If we were to buy an 18-year-old, like, like Gabriel Jesus, we brought, we brought him. He's oh, so young. He was 18 now, who came yeah, in. He's going to have more sympathy from me, uh, Gabriel Jesus, coming straight from Brazil as a young lad. Because yeah. you look up and you go, actually, in five or six years, he, he could be our top striker because we've already got um, a great a great forward in Sergio Aguero, just like we've got great wingers in 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 Sterling and Sane. So if, if Mahrez if was much younger, then I'd have, I'd have that sympathy. Yeah, I, think. I agree. Right, OK. So on Phil Foden, uh, I saw a poll on Twitter. I think it was the Manchester Evening News. It may have been somebody else who said, should he start the next game against Schalke? Right? Um, now, this is part of the discussion that I had on the way back from the game the other day, which was that the person I was speaking to said, man of the match. So I said, well... Would you then for start him at Schalke and start him in the Carabao Cup final? And the answer I got was no and no. I said, that's interesting. So you, he was the man of your match. You said he was the man of the match and you yeah. said he was the best player on the pitch by far. I think that was the expression. But you wouldn't pick him in either of the next two games. Mm-hmm. And I found that a very interesting juxtaposition. Yeah. Yeah. This poll that I contributed to um, at the time when I clicked my vote was 51% wouldn't pick <clears throat> Foden in the next game, 49% would. So, what are your views on that? That's a high percentage, isn't it, of people that would start him? I don't have any arguments either way. I, 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 I certainly wouldn't be playing him away at Schalke, particularly because it's away from home in an important Champions League game. He's not part of my strongest 11. I've got to play my strongest 11. He's not part of my strongest 11 either. Exactly. So but I think, I, I, think, I think for some people, Adam, it's a case of if we're not going to throw him in now away from home knowing that we've got a second leg that if something does go wrong we can recover mm. I think it'd be better to play him in, 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 in the first leg and take him off than, than, than try and experiment with him in the second leg so if, you'd pick if, him um, so, I'm you're, the, so you I'm Harlan, I've got you're picking the team <laughs> listen I, I no splinters on backside in this you, you've, you're picking your 11 for Schalke no, I wouldn't pick him. I wouldn't. I wouldn't start him. No, there you go. right. But well, you just contradicted yourself. No, I'm looking at it saying. I'm looking at it saying. I wouldn't. I wouldn't start him. But if he played, hang on. All right. Let's get. Let's get Matty's view no, here. I, I'm the is same. this event sitting comment? No, I, I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't be complaining. <laughs> I'm on the fence. <laughs> Who would you pick? You joining me? On not, I wouldn't complain. Who would right, you pick? This is. This is what I'm going to say. I would not pick Foden because what you said, he's not part of the strongest 11 and away in the Champions League, you have to play your strongest 11. But if Pep Guardiola, for whatever reason, decided that he feels he's ready to play in that game, I would not be moaning on Twitter going, oh, why is he started him? So that's what I mean. Like, I don't have any complaints whether he starts or whether he don't because if Pep feels he's ready, then sure, give him a go. And it's an actual competitive game where he's not coming on where we're 4-0 up and he can just pass the ball around for five minutes it's an actual game where it's going to be competitive I still think we should breeze past Schalke no disrespect to them over the two legs but I I wouldn't start him just because I think we need to play our strongest 11 but 
if he does start. So, so following on from that then, um, assuming everybody's fit, would you play him in the Carabao Cup final? No. Well, we've had this argument with Why Peters are you talking before, about this? We? He's nowhere near good enough to play in our start, in our strongest no. eleven. And for me, the strongest eleven does need to play midweek, and it also needs but to play at the weekend. To be fair, Edison's part of our strongest eleven. So oh yeah, oh, sorry. The, the keeper situation is completely different. So I concentrate myself there. I always feel like the the keeper he plays all the way through the cup. And that's that been Muritz has Edison played a couple of games. Muritz played the first two, I think. But then if Folden's mm. playing every game, I'd always play. Cup, cup, uh, why is he? Why does he not deserve to start in the final? That that's the argument that I'm bringing up here. I think I've yeah, just had no, a little, it's, it's a fair point. I've just had a little think here. So what? Oh, I'm this gonna, is I'm, dangerous. I'm going to come back. What do you mean, Ian? <laughs> Stitching me up here. No, what I mean is, if he is to play, then then then, or, or Pep does pick him. Like I said, I'd, su- I'd support Pep's decision. I trust him. In, you know, I trust. Don't him we take that for granted, though, Harlan? We're all going to see Pep. Pep is a genius. Well, yeah. I'm assuming we all agree on that. Yeah. Pep is a genius. Yeah. If he, yeah, just like you've said, Matty, if he picks forward, I'm not going to be. I'm yeah. not going to be twi- tweeting saying he shouldn't have been picked. I'm not going to be having a go. Yeah. I back Pep. Yeah. But if he does, that's not the question, Harlan. If he right, if he if he if, uh, if he plays him, then I think that it's the best time to play him in the Champions League now, and we've got a second leg if it goes wrong. Uh, because if we don't play him in the Champions League and try him against a side like Schalke, we're never going to know whether he can cope with the pressure or not. But I personally wouldn't play him just because, like these other two lads have said... You just use the example, you don't, wouldn't know whether he could cope with the pressure. So you, so you think ability-wise, he's good enough, it's just whether he can cope with the pressure. I think, no, I think, I think cope with, with, with the standard of football then. So right, the pressure right, and right. the standard of football. So knowing that if he makes a mistake, it could be fatal. Because so do you, it's such do a big you in your heart of hearts, on what you've seen so far at 18, it could change I, another I would, year I, I from now? He, drop he could be a silver or David Silver. So we're getting to the heart of it now, aren't yeah. we? Th- this is the difference. They're undroppable. So Foden can't play because the other players are, are so those, far better than him. Those saying on, on this poll then... That, that they would start... Because this is where the question comes from, really. So I'm thinking, OK, if one of those people was in the room with me now and they were saying I would start Foden at Schalke, I'd, the next follow my follow-up question is, who do you leave out then? Yeah, exactly. Who are you leaving I'd out? I'd probably start him in the cup final over starting him at Schalke, to be honest. So, so who do you leave out of the cup final? David Silva. You'd leave out David Silver. Well, it isn't obviously. It's not black and white. So, so go on. Well, how about give us your eleven then with him in. Let's see who you leave out. Oh, it's so difficult. It is. It is <laughs> difficult. Isn't it? This is why Pep Guardiola is a man sitting right. manager and I'm sat with, here in Ed, Holland. Edison in there because he's played the last couple of games in yeah. uh, in things. So Edison's in there. Then we've got... Playing a back four. Playing a back four. Is then League Cup as a started? No, it's just like I said. I think Edison played in the first leg against Burton. Yeah. But I think Murich played in the second leg, didn't he? Yeah, so that's we a toss I always we go for the that plays all the way through. But I'd start Edison. I'd start Edison. So we've got Edison, Stones on the port, centre half, best Yeah, centre-half. definitely. Um, I'd start Zinchenko. Walker, Walker does my head in. I'd start Zinchenko. I, that performance against Chelsea yeah, was outstanding. Zinchenko and Walker. I'd start Danilo on me. Now we're getting to the crunch bit. You'd start Danilo on Aguero up front, presumably. Aguero up front. So that leaves you now with five people in midfield. Yeah, so Fernandinho's playing. Right, that leaves you with four. Yeah, Bernardo Silva's got to play because he's our best player. Right wing, Sterling left, in my opinion. And leave Sarri out. Leave Sane out. Sane's not okay. played well enough lately for me. Okay. Right. Okay, start. Then that leaves in midfield. Where Bernardo, two places De Bruyne. left. De Bruyne and Silva. I'd go David Silva. De Bruyne and Foden. 
De Bruyne so and Bernardo so only. So you'd leave Silver out. And I'd I'd play I'd play De Bruyne and Bernardo in the middle, and I'd play um I'd play Maras on the right. By me, we've got a real difference. So, yeah. so you're leaving who out on the wing then? Why playing Maris? You're leaving I'd both fingers leave Sa- Sa- out. I'm leaving Sane out. You're playing Sterling on the left and Maris on the right. Yeah. Right, okay. okay. So who are you three? So F- Fernandinho. Fernandinho, yeah. uh, De Bruyne and Bernardo in the middle. In so David Silva and Foden both sit this one out, yeah. and as does Sane. Yeah, it was Inchenko, Laporte, Stones and Danilo at the back and Edison in the sticks. See, we've picked three completely different teams there, but I'd have no complaints over any of them. I think any of them are strong enough to go. And that's win what you game. say about this. And that's the beauty we've got of no it. second team now because it's all just one team. And, and I think any, imagine Mahrez as a storm in the cup final. That's that's. I'd have to really imagine that. Yeah, that's that's that would be that would be right though. If if that was to happen, that would be that'd be great to see. Do you know what I mean? And it'd be right. You you guys, any of you go to Newport? No, I didn't no, know. No. So you all watch it on TV. Yeah, yeah, what did you so. make of the commentary then? Because I've seen so many oh. people. I being don't. Critical. I, t- I don't tend to listen to the commentary. I, like, listen, I, I wish I didn't. <laughs> I just talk over it. I I really don't care. It doesn't surprise me that Adam talks over it, does it? <laughs> 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 I'll do the commentary. I don't care. Like, no, I don't, I don't want to listen to my dad like that. He does just like huffs and puffs and blows his house down. No, it was so unprofessional. I mean. I can I can accept that I don't have the same opinions as commentators, so sometimes they're going to say stuff that I think, God, that's rubbish. But he was just so unprofessional. He called Edison Emerson. Who, who were we talking John about? Hartson. Who right. yeah, John Hartson was on call. Well, he he's he's, he's he a summariser, He calls he? penalties, penalties, mate. He's, you know he's, what I mean? He's, so, he's, he's ridiculous. He called Sane Mane. Yeah, yeah. There was a Newport's goal. He thought Phil Foden, for some reason, was at the back defending. And then he corrected himself by saying it was John Stones. And then eventually yeah. he realised it was Laporte. It was, there were was so many mistakes and it was just so poor. I think it was just all pro Newport. I'm not going to lie. I thought the commentary oh, was... Welsh was, was, himself, isn't I, it? I, thought, I thought John Hartson's commentary was, was, was pro Newport. I thought that he was always looking at how poor we were. And if something didn't come off, it was always City weren't good enough or they weren't good enough in that area of the pitch. Uh, oh, it's still no nil at half time, and then they put a thing on BT at half time saying City not slick. <laughs> and I turned to Joel and, and Jess and said, "Well, let's see second half how slick City are then." And at full time, I went, "City still slick or not slick?" And it, it was just a case of we'd we'd tried Sane put one over the bar. Uh, I think that Danilo had hit a shot that the keeper had palmed uh, wide. We were trying and we were chancing our arm. We were trying to pick them apart. They defended very well. I've got to credit Newport. But I think it was they were trying to make out that Newport were the Premier League side and we were the League Two side. It's all that magic of the cup thing, isn't it? It's all about the yeah, but I can't, line. Like, and that, that was the thing that we were playing all the way through. You know, there's a pitch. romance to it. Yeah, there's there's obviously fair play Newport. You've you've got the opportunity to play us at, at, at you know at Rodney Parade and whatnot. Well, but, Adam, Adam's good a good one to answer this because you're a you're a journalist. You're a yeah. budding journalist. So you obviously you're a City fan. So obviously yeah. you are, as part of this yeah, can give a very like, one sided yeah, partisan. Yeah, partisan. Yeah. But as a journalist, do yeah. you understand? And I'm not trying to justify anything. I just want to get it in. You know, I want to hear your perspective yeah. on this. As a journalist, you are being taught, training, and yeah. working on being um, appealing to a wider audience than yeah. just partisan city fans. Mm. Is there a justification for what they do? I understand why they do it because the whole storyline, the the angle to the story, if you like, if you're going to take it that, down that route, is you know Premier League champions Manchester City, one of the greatest teams of it ever graced the Premier League, is playing Newport and they should blow them out of the water, but they're not doing it at the minute. Yeah. So then 
you, you can tell why the commentators are focusing on why we're not battering them, what's going wrong, or wouldn't it be amazing if Newport was to win? Because that is the angle of the story. So I do get that. But then also I feel like co- in, in commentary, it, impartiality is key. I think, I think that's really important. I think the... I've seen it in, in BT Sport commentary quite a bit where you've got people on co-commentary that are, are ex-players of a, of a team. You know, we see it with the Scousers quite a lot. Man and always, always with the Scousers and stuff like that. And that annoys me. Um, they've gone for a more... The commentator is the is the impartial one and the co-commentator sort of has a little slant to it. It seems like... And for me, I don't really like that. I like both com- both commentators and co-commentators to be able to just to be impartial in a way and be a bit more BBC about it and, and not have, have a slant because it's not a new story in a paper. It's not for the Sun. It's not for, for the Guardian. It is just a football game and to put a slant on it is it's quite annoying to watch really. I'm going to shock you here as well. Man City squad is worth more than League 2. Yeah, oh, that, we've never heard shock that. Shock horror. Yeah. But, why well, that is part, but again, that's part when of the story. I understand so. why they do it and oh, I understand why it's They don't do it when it's Liverpool United. Don't. It's like Sterling's car in here. Sterling travels to train Cards, you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't care less whether it had dog poo all over it. If he, if he turns up to training on time, doesn't do what Sancho was doing, and turns up on time and does the job that needs doing, plays the game at the weekend and scores an hat trick or scores a goal and, and gets everything going, I'm not bothered about how dirty oh, his car is. With Sancho, it's, did City make a mistake letting him go? He forced a transfer. We're not going to be held to ransom by an 18 year old. As yeah. much as I, I think he's a great, promising young player and he looks like he's tearing the Bundesliga up. He wanted to leave. What were we going to do? Give yeah, exactly. him first-team football just to please him. And people compare that to Phil Foden, whereas the, the two positions are completely different. Um, I think Tim Sherwood mentioned it on, on BT Sport a couple of months back. He, he was talking about the, the comparison between the two. And you look at a winger, and sometimes it's good to be young and unpredictable and, and obviously fast and, and nippy and things like that. So you, you're hitting... Your peak, obviously Sancho's not hit his peak, but you are getting there earlier than you would do. Um, as a midfielder, where you've got to be mature, you've got yeah. to learn the game a lot more. It is a lot more formulaic in terms of your positions and things like that. So for Foden to get to the level that perhaps Sancho is at in his career right now, where he's playing first-team football at a top European side, it's going to take him more years to grow in maturity, whereas Sancho doesn't need maturity to play on the wing as such. No. He just needs to know, you know... He doesn't need discipline, discipline now, but he's, he's got free... Discipline. He's exactly. got, he's, he can be experimental and he can do what Especially he needs to do. Especially in a Guardiola and... side. Like, there has yeah. to be so much regiment yeah. and so much... And Sancho would get into this side. So, you know, Foden no, might, get into, Foden might get, get into Dorman's team if he went there, but Sancho wouldn't get into ours. So but if you were to say that on the broad scale of things, you would just say, nah, nah, Sterling had start over Sancho. Sterling's nowhere near Sancho. Yeah. Look at the World Cup. Yeah. You get into a completely different debate, which is yeah. which if we were to talk about that kind of thing now, we'd be talking all night. Exactly. So, that, so the overall conclusion is that the people, because as I say, I didn't watch it, so I, I, I have no opinion on it, uh, but the, the, the right, are they? The, the right to say it wasn't great. Yeah. And, and yeah. you do you feel that's a sort of a general thing, or was that a one-off in this particular game? Yeah, it's, it's happening all the time, isn't it? BT, yeah. BT are in M for it. I mean, what B- I've BT, noticed, BT do annoy me quite a lot with the commentary, and they annoy a lot. When it, when it comes to us, um, we could we could win. But look at it, we beat Burton nine 0 I know yeah. that wasn't on BT, but we could we could perform out of our skins. We could have drubbed Newport, and it would have been oh, they've come to Newport and ended this fairy tale and. It's because it's so expected of us now, and it's even us as fans. You know, I was talking about the other week 
we've got expectations that we will batter Burton by so much and by Rodham that much. So when we do do it, we're not like, oh, wow, how amazing was that? So just in a way that us fans are like that, the commentators are like that too because they've expected yeah. it to happen. So they're not going to be like, wow, this is amazing. Because, yeah, we, we know it's amazing and we've sort of got used to it a bit now. I think it's about timing as well. So, for example, this, is, this, is, this wouldn't have, or didn't happen. But imagine we played the FA Cup game against Newport after we'd lost to Newcastle midweek. And we'd not just beat Chelsea 6-0. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because the expectation levels go up again. Not, not just from them, but from the fans. Um, and then they've got something to attack even more. Or they've just beat Chelsea at the weekend. And now they're they drawing 0-0 at half-time in Newport. Well, that's it's, not, it's not like that. It's trying, not, to create, what, trying to look at patterns. It's not like black and white. I understand yeah. the, the narrative that they have to feed, but my criticism of him wasn't... I, if I wasn't watching a City game, I'd have been annoyed because it was just yeah, the was, fact that he was calling Edison Emerson. He said Jesus was about to take a free kick when he was 25 yards away. <laughs> so it's just like a lack of knowledge. And I know he's a former footballer, so you'd expect him to have... A decent level yeah. of understanding, but he didn't. He didn't know it was. Uh, he didn't know it wouldn't go to a replay as well. Right, yeah. right at the he kick thought, off, he yeah. said, "Oh yeah, don't, don't text like, this to replay." Like, oh, do, do your research. And he bumbled you around a bit. And then You're getting like, paid oh. for your opinion. So no, it, obviously, I, I was a commentator um, in the past. And a very good commentator. And, 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 and <laughs> the best doing commentator. That. Oh, oh. Get off his ass, Get him on BT. You're too, you're too kind. But but obviously, I was on local radio, so I make no apology for the fact that my approach was to do it in a part. Zan way and I felt feel and felt that that was the right thing to do in that situation if I would have been commentating on BT uh, you know and I've had some people say get cheesy on, on yeah. BT I would do it in a different way I would actually do it in a different way um, however one thing that I did notice or have noticed recently um, on particularly in BT is a change in an approach in, in terms of attitude you mentioned you used the words before uh, BBC and you yeah. were using BBC as an example of being impartial, neutral and yeah. impartial uh, and one thing that I noticed was that um, Steve McManaman who I've met on many occasions is a lovely fellow I really like him yeah. believe it or not he's, he's, strike, yeah, he's a nice but he is yeah. he is honestly a genuinely lovely fella but him and Darren Fletcher when they're doing a commentary it's all Fletch Macca and, yeah. and there's a lot of pally formality, yeah. stuff yeah. that I was actually told while I was at the BBC don't do that because you, you're excluding everybody else from it's like two mates and, and it's chat in the pub yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know that, that now I'm just interested to know because you three are from a different generation that I am how you feel about this modern way of doing it and whether I'm out of touch see sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't I, I do like the fact that they've they've taken it on that, that in four weeks, they've got shows where they're sitting on couches and things like that, and I know they're wearing more casual clothes, unless it's a Champions League night and things like that. I do, I like it sometimes. You tend to like it when you're winning, and then when you're not, when you're yeah. not winning, you're like the tech of the Mickey. So it's a very much love hate uh, relationship with it all, in my opinion. Anyway, sometimes so, it works, sometimes it don't. I remember yeah. when we beat Chelsea six 0 after the game. I saw Gary Neville told Liverpool fans to go and take their dog for a walk because City were like four 0 yeah. up. And I thought that's kind of funny. Like it's a bit. It's not professionals, so to speak, but it was funny. Whereas sometimes when it's like McManaman and Savage, yeah. them type of people, I, I don't know. I just don't think it works. Sometimes it it's just good in like small doses. It's bit. like yeah. I, th- I think it's like like you're talking about Savage. It's like Savage and Sutton. They're always arguing yeah. on BT, and it's yeah. like it's like a personal battle between <laughs> the two, and it kind of diverts your attention. I wonder why they do it because does it divert your attention away from the terrible presentation of the actual show because you're more focused <laughs> on on the argument that's happening. And then you kind of think you're involved in the argument from your own city then. 
Do you know they what I mean? Want, they want that. They want you to get involved and engage. And uh, tweet us and see what you think. And it's like it's all now we're tweeting that. you about a personal argument that you're having with Chris Sutton. Same in Rangers. That's what they want. Went like Adrian Durham saying that City were disrespectful by scoring nine. It's like they want to create that aggravation in fans. I'd love us to score 12, me. Just to keep rubbing it in. Yeah. When we score seven, then we score eight. Or but they're doing it for the for the click. But we know they're doing it on purpose. Response, yeah, because if yeah. you've got if you've got an opinion, then it's going to get a reaction. If you're neutral, like the BBC will be, then you're not going to get as much engagement unless you're. And then there's social media age. This, get, this, this is a really interesting debate, and the trouble with me now introducing this next part of this topic is it's going to sound like I'm bringing it to me or making it self indulgent. But only, <laughs> but only, but only this week. Uh, you know, obviously, I do the match day vlog. And, and and a lot of uh, judgment is made on the number of views that you get and uh, you know that that's what drives it really um, and and I've always unapologetically gone out to make something that's respectful to city fans just like you being here on the podcast I would never be disrespectful to your opinions or the way that you talk and I as far as I'm concerned the four of us sat here now are all equal I don't have a, a better or more valid opinion than you do and when I do the the vlogs I, I do them in a way that respects City fans. I do see, I'm not talking about City uh, videos here, so this isn't me having a go at any, any individuals or, yeah. or any groups, but on the whole, the way to be successful at what the type of things that I'm doing is to be more sensational, to be more confrontational, to be more provocative, and to get fans of other clubs potentially to 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 come and laugh at what what you're saying as contributors what video people are saying and that might get bigger numbers it's but it's not the route i want to go down I wonder if that's actually a model that, that ultimately doesn't work. So you're but, thinking that the negativity and the, the the poor comments sometimes, like when you said to me, if you get a few people that might not like what you say, on, so don't worry about what you're saying, don't consciously think when you're on the vlog that if I say something, somebody might not agree or may yeah. disagree, or you might get a United fan that might say, oh, he's, look at him, he's got a big nose, or look at him, it looks like Gary Neville with a woolly hat on. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like that, for example. Who could that be? But, <laughs> I don't know, but there were a few, like four or five comments where, but it was after we'd, uh, it was after we'd lost to him, and then when we beat him, there were a few comments on there, and obviously you know that's going to happen, that's inevitable, but that's still driving traffic, but you, you, you would ideally not want it. I don't set out to do that. Yeah, of course. And, so, I, and I don't want not. you to be in that position as a contributor, yeah. or you two. I, but, but... So to bring it back to where we started, which is you talk, you talked about talk sport and 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 like it's almost like a stick Baited, that, yeah. that, that that provokes you. And BT to a certain extent with Robbie Savage and Chris Sutton and whatnot, it is part of the modern way that the media seems to love to try to keep poking you with a stick all the time to get a reaction from you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've chosen not to do that, but. But you're you're young people. You you know this is this is your media. This is your generation. Is that not just the way it's going to be from now on? I think I think it will be because as as long as it stays as it is, where everyone's struggling for money because everything's free, as we were talking about before. You need to be poking people with a stick. Before you didn't need to poke people with a stick because they were buying your papers, you were watching your TV shows, you were buying your music anyway. You don't have to have outrageous opinions to be able to get that reaction out of people. But now everyone expects things for free. We have to be more sensational to get those clicks. People have to write clickbait headlines to get money in, to pay the mortgage and, and you know, keep a livelihood going. So, yeah. you know, we can complain about it as much as we want, but as long as we're demanding things for free as consumers, then we're going to have to expect to get, get baited and, and things like that, really. It's the thing is, for me, I think... Just, oh, wow, wow. Sorry, I just yeah. wanted yeah, to yeah. take that in because that is a strong yeah. statement. You know it's going to be happening, so you know you're getting baited, exactly. Yeah. But, 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 but People but, love that. But human beings are robotic at times as well. 
you get caught in a in a in a stream of just doing what what you think's right because he does it or he does it, and you get taken on a bit of a wave, and that's that's the way it's gone right now, and that's that's just how it is. But I think my 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 sole problem is, and that might just be because of the way I look at it. You know, Adam's a very opinionated guy, but he, he you can tell that he, he he comes from a good place. He knows his stuff about football. Matt knows his stuff about football. You do. I, I, I'm not going to say I do. That sounds big headed, but I believe that I've, I've got a good. I believe you I've do as well, Alan. I believe yeah. I've got a good. Not, He's asking for that. Gratification. No, I believe I've got a good knowledge of football, and that's what I go to football matches for. You know, not for the experience, but to to watch the football and to go away from the from the game and have learned something. And to have learned from from the way we've played and stuff. But I don't think there's enough focus in the media now on the actual football, which is the actual thing. You know, for example, we might have had an outstanding, we might have played an outstanding game of football, but it all gets taken away from what actually happened on the green pitch with the white lines, and everything else gets spoken about far much more than it's what's the, actually. What they going call on. the colour, it's the personalities, isn't it? Yeah. Which leads me on to the final subject that I want to talk about in this this podcast because I've also seen people saying on, on social media, whether it be as a result of listening to this or anything else, that there is a sort of almost competitiveness between different types of fans and people feeling aggrieved the fact that they're seen as inferior types of fans. So there may be a fan, for example, who's listening to this right now who lives in Australia, because we do get listeners all over the place, or in Pakistan or India or or America or whatever, who've never been to a game, uh, or maybe have only ever been to two or three in their lives, they come over on a big special occasion and watch a game, and they sometimes feel that other types of fans, I hope not us, because it's certainly not what I'm about, um, feel as if they're talking down to them, or feel as if their opinion is worth more than you know another type of fan yeah. now particularly Matty in the role you've got as a sort of liaison you're I assume that you don't see yourself as representing you're the under 25s representative of only match going Mancunian under 25 Not fans so where do you stand up where do you all stand on this um you know this feeling that some people are screaming out now listening to this yeah that's me yeah. and you all exclude me i don't I, I certainly don't do it deliberately if i do yeah. it definitely happens so much on especially on social facebook media facebook groups there's facebook groups with it if, happening all if there's the a time. fan from india who, who puts a comment it will immediately get put down if it's like well, what do you know you you've never been, 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 been exactly but yeah. if he's getting up at 5am i don't know what the time difference is <laughs> forgive me but if you're getting up at 5am to watch your club every single game, good for you. That doesn't make you any less of a fan just because you're not, you're not in from the Manchester. Stadium. Yeah. yeah. Like, you've got to understand that the Premier League is a huge attraction. And, and the only reason we've got the players that we've got is because of that worldwide attraction to Man City and to, to the Premier League. So you can't then denounce fans just because... I don't agree that maybe they just start supporting us because we're successful and if we lose that success, they'll go and support someone else. Yeah, but if they go, they go. Like we're not gonna, we don't know them. Yeah, but you know, I don't, I don't like that type of. Thing. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, like, I don't like it. But what I mean is, we can't do anything. No, if they, if they decide to, for example, I don't want to pinpoint anyone. There was a person on the vlog the other week yeah, yeah. Um, that Another mentioned one something, mean. and I was watching it, and I'm not going to lie to you. You might think this is exaggerated. It's definitely not. I sat there in the front room with a brew watching the vlog, and I felt physically sick watching it. Physically sick. I felt like how. Dare you disregard the club by saying that you would walk away if we lost everything? Mm. And I thought, do you understand what this club means to me? 
Do you know what I mean? And I felt personally hurt by it, even though it wasn't to me. Well, it's interesting because uh, he, the guy you're referring to, which anybody can find, I can't remember, it was a home game, obviously. Um, I, I think it might have been the Chelsea game, but it might have been the one before that. It was a Turkish guy who contacted me and said, love your vlogs, can I be on? Um, he, he did what he did. He said what he said, the, the stuff that you're referring to. As soon as I finished recording that, I said, you could get slaughtered here by some City fans <laughs> who will not be happy with the way that you said that because you, you've effectively admitted in as many words that you're a glory hunter. That's the view that people have of all these people on Facebook. Yeah, so, so how do you feel about that? Do you still want me to put that on? So this is me being trying to yeah. be understand, you know, not wanting to put him in that. And it's no, no, I know I'm, I stand by what I said. Yeah, I Quite did. cool, put it on and everything like that. People have got a choice to do what they want. Yeah. If people, if they're going to abandon us, they can abandon us for all I care. That's it's what not I'm going to affect you. It's not going to affect whether I go the game on. Yeah, it's going to you know, whether I enjoy it. So it's like, why waste your time to abuse someone about yeah. the fact that they don't go a game or something when? We've all got busy lives, we've all got things to do, you know. I've only just got my season ticket, you know, but I equally think that my opinion is as valid as someone that's had it for 50 years. So yeah. I would have never like, targeted that person. If I yeah. knew who he was, I would have never said yeah. to him, you're out of order. I think yeah. what it was is to me, it was just a validation for me to go, they are out there. And that is yeah. what yeah. a it's lot a, of It's fans okay are to thinking. think I don't like that, but then to actually voice the opinion yeah, it's different. of it, it's a completely different but thing. Going back to your point about me being the under 25 rep, if someone emails me and they're from Stockport, if they email me from the from India or Australia I'll take that opinion with Same. a pinch of salt um, no matter where they're from because to me you're a Man City fan and that's all that matters to me I want to voice your opinion obviously there's some stuff if they don't go to the games then they're, they're going to voice opinions about different things but I'll take someone's opinion no matter where they're from as long as they've got the best interests of the clubs at heart and they support city that, that's all that matters to me sort of growing pains isn't it you know the yeah. bigger the club gets yeah. the more yeah. different types of fans that it attracts yeah. as i say I, as far as i'm concerned if you're in the blue family you're in the blue family yeah. um so but I, I also do agree with what you're saying harlan which is the most uncomfortable one to listen to is the one who admits that they're there because of the success and the and the um, the star factor if you like yeah i think it, um, i think it was more upsetting because i i know that waking up as a kid even when I couldn't watch the game and I was eight, nine, I'd get up and watch the premiership on ITV and I'd watch the highlights and I'd see Uckabean and Elka. They, they don't know about that time because they, they weren't City fans then. No. So you can't expect them to know about it. But then my mind works in the sense that he said what he said and then I thought, but you don't appreciate the club as the club then. You, don't, you only appreciate the club as it is now. So you don't really know Manchester City enough to disregard us in that manner. I think that was just how I... I wonder how the, how the far-flung it. blues, if that's what they are, um, looked at that game at Newport because I was surrounded by people in the ground who were so giddy that they were there at a lower division club and that it reminded them of the old days of being at Macclesfield and Gillingham and Bristol Rovers and everything. And they were saying things like, real ground, real fans, real this, real that, real the other. Um, but that, that to me shows the big difference in the different types of fans because I wonder how many fans from a, another country, first of all, would say, oh, it's only the FA Cup, yeah. not really interested in it. Or um, the result doesn't matter to them as much because it's not the Premier League. But, but it's anyway, us, and that's the thing. It is. It, and I, and I, what certainly went through my mind, and I did say this to a lifelong Newport fan that I was speaking to, um, I'd be here if this was a fourth division match. Yeah, yeah. Whether, you know, and I might not be there, but I'd be there. I'd be at home yeah. watching it. 
No, I'd be there. Well, I'd try and get yeah, it. Exactly. Even with like the Newport support, like they sold that game out, but will they sell every other game out? They got 2,000 for the midweek exactly. game before. Yeah. And how many and did they get? And how many was there? About nine. Exactly. Yeah. So every every club has glory hunters yeah. to, to an extent. Yeah. Fans yeah. who will just come out because they want to watch Man City. And we're, our, as our fan base grows, it's going to become more an Imagine issue. Imagine if you us. actually asked the Newport fans on the way into the ground, they did like a poll or did it on Twitter or something. Yeah, the game. You who are you, you coming to watch this evening? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? I want to watch Bernardo Silva. Do you not want to watch uh, Padraig Hammond up front? No, no, no. We see him every week. We want to watch <laughs> Bernardo Silva. Oh, worse still. Never heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's your striker, mate. Do you not know? <laughs> right, just going to explain something now. Obviously, a podcast is not like a radio programme. It's a recording, and we will do another podcast next Monday evening. Um, so if you're listening to this thinking, they've not talked about who we've got in the quarterfinals. <laughs> well, that's because we don't know. the draw's <laughs> being made just after we've finished the podcast so that's why we haven't talked about it and although now I'm going to briefly talk about the Schalke game for the same reason um, if you're listening to this Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday right or weeks on and you've just found that us that League Cup by then yeah, yeah. And, and obviously we'll have won the League Cup hopefully oh, I'm going to sound like that I'm going to be <laughs> <laughs> Listen, do you know what do you know what, do you know what? Lose. on that point before, before Ian carries on the night of the Newcastle game when we lost I did my own little podcast at home and I've not actually put it out there yet but I'm going to do oh, arrival, arrival. Right? No, no, no. My own, my own little, my own little soundbite that I recorded. And yeah. It was an immediate reaction, a hurt reaction straight off the Newcastle game. But on it, I made sure that I said that I've not lost faith and that <laughs> any fan that has tweeted out anything reactionary is going to get this clip sent to him <laughs> via a DM or something with a link to it to say, you... Yeah, with a big finger when we're lifting the Premier League trophy at the end of the season. You don't deserve to celebrate like I do because you lost faith at 14 games to go. I lost faith. So just a, just a very, very quick you, one. You, you know, we, there, we can shake hands and forget about it. And so are you, are you optimistic? Because uh, we sort of touched it on already, so this is only going to be a one-minute wrap-up now. But Schalke... Um, just taking that for granted, just should be... Well, I mean, Dortmund will sweat the sidewise. You don't, you don't want to sound like an arrogant fan ever, I know, but... Schalke are, what, 14th in their league and from what I've heard from people who know a lot more about the Bundesliga than I do, they they look a very poor team this season. Uh, it'll be interesting to see a couple of our former players in the Stasic and Matundo, but you expect <coughs> us to go there and win and I don't think that's taking it for granted. Of course it could be a difficult game. I expected us to walk over Leon, Not walk over, but I expected us to beat them and they gave us a shock, so there is always a chance of that happening. But I think with the squad we've got and the strength and... The form that we're in at the minute, I expect us to go there and win. The atmosphere that the German teams create could, you know, could make it a more difficult game. Um, Schalke, I bet you're, I bet you're excited about it. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I thought that. Yeah. Yeah. So the atmosphere of a German, of a German team, and uh, you know, an atmosphere like that, so that that could make it a bit more difficult. And obviously, with them being a, a team that's what 13th, 14th in their division, they might up their game because they know it's Manchester City, as yeah. every team does in the Premier League or whoever we play. They always seem to play better against us because it is us. So that's also a potential banana skin. But for me, you know. You'd like to think that we'd got enough over over two legs, certainly, and even if it was just about, but just about the one game, you'd think we'd be fine anyway. I think we'll be all right, and I think we'll I think we'll get through this. I'm not going to say nice and easy. Um, they've got some very good players. Can I play anchor? One of my favourite players in the Bundesliga. Uh, very good left winger. Very dangerous. Robin Matondo as well, who's probably going to want to uh, not maybe show Pep what he had because he obviously knew what he had. Probably want to going to want to put a performance in. Um, yeah, they're a good side, Schalke, but I think we'll have enough. Um, I just think that we've got to we've got to go out there, like you say, and um, and just kind of show what show what we can do. 
and uh, and yeah, I think that we'll I think we'll be absolutely fine. Make no mistake, because people do ask me, um, I do want City to win this tie over yeah. two legs. There's no question about that. However, you might uh, have to forgive me for getting one of those dreaded half-half scarves. Oh, no. Oh, no. This is the one oh, time, no. surely, when I'm allowed. Oh. <laughs> it's an half and half. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, if you've been listening to this and you've enjoyed it, uh, thanks very much. We're on SoundCloud, and I know that Will, who's... Uh, He's trying to help me out with uh, various, various technical stuff. He's desperately trying to get us onto iTunes. I believe, Will, we're already on Spotify. and So we're on Spotify and tuned in. So we're expanding the empire. Hopefully we'll be on iTunes very soon. And if, by the way, you are a potential sponsor, supporter, whatever you want to call it, contact me and you can, uh, you can support the podcast to keep us going. Thanks very much for listening. And we'll be back again with a new podcast next Monday night, uh, whenever you download it.